I still haven't mastered typing without this part of my thumb. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you want to be on the show, 877-973-7425. I was just tweeting this out because a, a buddy of mine uh, just texted me and says, I got a letter from the IRS. Uh, I, they want me to pay them back $2,400 on the child uh, tax credit estimate that they sent. Uh, yeah, he's not alone. Uh, there, this is happening all over the country. Uh, uh, families are getting letters that the IRS overpaid them the child tax credit and is demanding the money back. This is another issue the Democrats are going to have anchoring them down in November. It's going to be a big one. Y'all, I've got to begin with a story. It's an analysis by Philip Bump in the Washington Post. I'm not even going to read you the title. I just want you to hear this. The point of the House Select Committee's investigation into the riot at the Capitol on January 6, 2021 is not explicitly to change minds. It is to understand what happened and how with the aim of preventing similar events in the future. But preventing similar events almost certainly demands changing minds about what occurred, about who was responsible for the day's violence and why it was important. This is why so much of the initial coverage of the committee's new round of public hearings centered on possible impact. Members of the media were perhaps uniquely poorly suited to judge that impact, given that we are more likely than most Americans to already be familiar with some of the details presented, making them less surprising to hear. But that 20 million Americans watched the first hearing last week seems significant. That's substantially more people than watched the Oscars, for example. None of those viewers were tuned to Fox News, however. Fox's decision to shunt the hearing off to its lesser-watched subsidiaries had the expected effect of lowering viewership. Instead, the flagship network aired misinformation about what had occurred on the day of the riot. It was a reminder that the group of Americans the House Committee most hoped to reach, Republicans who accept Donald Trump's claims of election fraud, were perhaps the least likely to tune in. This week brought new political reminders of the extent to which the right and left diverge on views of Trump's efforts to retain power. In the first state primaries to follow the January 6th committee's more public approach, Trump-endorsed candidates fared well, including some at the center of his efforts to spread false claims about elections. Skipping down here, by the Washington Post count, more than 100 Republican primary winners have embraced or accepted Trump's false claims about the election. That was before the contests in Nevada and South Carolina. The Nevada GOP nominated a Secretary of State candidate who spread unwarranted concerns about election security. And again, those elections occurred after the new public efforts by the January 6th committee to explain what happened. None of this means the committee's investigation will not have the desired effect on American understanding of the riot, but it may be too late. Republican voters are advancing a slew of candidates to November who have already staked positions in alignment with Trump. Now, the subtext here is that the January 6th committee is not changing hearts and minds. I mean, just let me read you the very last sentence of this, or last two sentences of this piece. If the committee hadn't convinced Americans by January, it will probably be too late. If as expected, Republicans retake the House, the committee will probably not survive the week. No, it won't survive the week. It might not survive this year. 
The reality of the situation is that the January 6th committee was with intent by Democrats, as stated in various news outlets, including the Washington Post and the New York Times, designed to try to get Americans to blame Donald Trump, hold him and the Republicans accountable, and help the Democrats end November. It is not helping. The Democrats are increasingly headed towards disaster in November. How bad is it? This is going to surprise some people. In fact, there's already a meltdown. Some people are dismissing this as, oh, well, it's Fox News. Fox News has had one of the most favorable polls for the Democrats in the last two years. In fact, Fox News was one of the only polls that showed the significance of Biden's lead in 2020, uh, so much so that a number of Republicans started blasting Fox for its polling, claiming that its polling was advantageous to the Democrats. Never mind that Fox poll has actually outperformed a lot of other polls. Democrats have been embracing Fox News polling because Fox News' polling has tended to show Joe Biden in a better position than other polls out there. Live by the poll, die by the poll. The Fox News poll is out. And the thing that is giving Democrats sincere heartburn about this poll is Fox asked, which party is more likely to preserve democracy? Which party is more likely to preserve democracy? The Republicans win. This is the Fox News poll that the Democrats have been embracing for some time. This is the Fox News poll Democrats have cited as saying, see, even Fox News thinks Joe Biden's doing better than these other polls. This is the poll that shows the voters, registered American voters, believe Republicans are more likely to preserve democracy than the Democrats. And along the way, what does it show? Uh, 57% of Americans think the condition of the economy is poor. 90% of Americans have a problem with gas prices. 88% have a problem with groceries. 81% have a problem with utility costs. 69% with health care costs. 41% say inflation is the most important issue for them. That's four times as many who say guns at 12% and abortion at 10%. Border security at 7%. Climate change and crime are at 5%. Election integrity is 4%, COVID at 3%, foreign policy 1%. Inflation dominates, inflation dominates. The top issues for Democrats are inflations, guns, and abortion. The top issues for Republicans are inflation and border security. The top issues for Democrat for independents, inflation. Inflation dominates. And this is the problem. Republicans win on inflation by 19 points and border security by 19 points and crime by 13 points. And among American independents, inflation, border security, and crime far outweigh abortion and guns, the issues Democrats want to run on. On the issues where independent voters who will decide the election run Republicans are where they are, not Democrats. And these independent voters believe Republicans are more able to preserve democracy than Democrats. And how can you blame them? You have Democrats going around the country firebombing abortion clinics, and Joe Biden's doing nothing. 
You have Democrats around the country trying to put boys into girls' sports. A majority of Americans, not just a majority of Republicans, majority of Americans, almost 40% of Democrats say they don't want want boys on girls' teams. And yet the Democrats and Joe Biden are pursuing an agenda to not only put boys in girls' sports, but deny schools funding if they prohibit it. You have the Democrats who excuse the rioters, not not the January 6th rioters, just all the other rioters. You had the Democrats have blamed police and wanted to defund the police. You've had Democratic prosecutors refuse to prosecute criminals. And an illegal alien in California killed a police officer the other day. I'm sorry, he wasn't an illegal alien. He was an immigrant to the country, legal immigrant into the country. Had managed to acquire a firearm despite being on probation for a felony, never went to jail. The DA did not prosecute him for a violent crime, put him on probation, and police officers now dead because of it. The prosecutor in San Francisco has been recalled after refusing to enforce crime, enforce the law and prosecute criminals urban areas around the country. They may be in Republican states, but it's the local officials who are Democrats who control local law enforcement and those local prosecutors and they're Democrats and they're causing a crime wave. So of course, voters think Republicans are more likely to preserve democracy. The dirty little secret that Democrats don't seem to understand is that overwhelmingly Republicans, they tie Donald Trump to what happened on January 6th. They don't blame him for the actions of others, and they certainly don't blame other Republicans who weren't involved for any of it. I've mentioned The Democrats are trying to attack Barry Loudermilk, a congressman from Georgia. I've reached out to him to get him on the show. Barry Loudermilk gave a tour of the Capitol the day before the January 6th riots. Several people who were with him were seen taking pictures of parts of the Capitol. It appeared they were taking pictures of entrances and exits. They selectively edited the footage to build a narrative that Barry Loudermilk was helping them. Nothing's further from the truth. The Capitol Police said upon review of the total footage, it's not true at all. In fact, when it appears from the committee's angles that they provided that people were taking pictures of entrances and exits, actually they were taking pictures of monuments and landmarks. You wouldn't know that from the press coverage. And you see, part of the problem here is that the press and the Democrats inhabit this bubble together, and in inhabiting the bubble together, they believe each other's BS. And when they do that, they undermine the perception of reality. The Democrats really do believe that you care greatly about January 6th because they and the members of the media care greatly. And when they tune in CNN and MSNBC, that's what they're talking about. And because that's what they're talking about on CNN and MSNBC, they think, oh my gosh, the people of America really do care about this. Actually, you know what the people of America really do care about? They really do care about their gas prices. They really do care about their kids getting a good education. They really do care about a lot of economic issues out there that... The Democrats and the media don't care about. And they are completely out of touch with what's going on. The president and the Democrats can stigmatize the Republicans all they want. They can call it ultra MAGA. They can call it ultra double duper MAGA. They can call it whatever they want. It doesn't matter. Voters care about gas prices right now. 
and is causing a profound shift in the electorate towards the right. We'll play you this from Steve Kornacki about the election in Texas. The Democrats are already attacking Myra Flores, who won down there, the first Mexican, uh, native Mexican to get elected to Congress as a Republican, no less. They're attacking her now as being a QAnon adherent. She says she's not, but they found a tweet. They found a tweet that sounded like it was QAnon, and so they're blasting her now. It's not going to matter. Here's Kornacki. It's significant because of this conversation we've been having about Hispanic voters potentially shifting toward the Republican Party in, in the last couple of years. Look at this, the 34th district in Texas. This is, as current as it's currently constituted, one of the most Hispanic districts in the country. And in this special election tonight, the Republican, Myra Flores, you can see, is leading with most of the votes in. She's leading her closest Democratic competitor. Again, this district is going to be reconfigured. She'll be running in a different looking district this November. But this district right now is one that voted for Barack Obama with more than 60% of the vote, voted for Hillary Clinton by more than 20 points. This is part of that story we've been telling since the 2020 election especially along the border in South Texas, the Rio Grande Valley, massive, massive shifts towards the Republicans among Hispanic voters. And it's a story that's extended outside of Texas to South Florida, to other areas of the country. And it's a big one to keep an eye on this fall in the midterm elections. The Hispanic vote perhaps up for grabs in ways we haven't seen in recent elections. This result in Texas tonight underscoring that, Stephanie. And do you really think these people are going to care about January 6th? Do you really think that's what they're going to care about in November? Or do you think they're going to care about their families and their pocketbooks and their ability to buy groceries and gas? The fact that Democrats cannot understand that is why the Democrats are going to get annihilated at the ballot box in November. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing and I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options. Great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, more importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, you can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, you can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it. And I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA Sipic. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number, if you want to be on this here program, you're allowed occasionally. You have to get past the call screener, though, and he can be a jerk, and he knows that he's proud of it. The phone number is 877 877- uh, <laughs> 
877-973-7425 if you want to be on the if you want to take your chances to even try to be on the program. Well, uh, I want to play you this audio from Barry Loudermilk, the congressman who's being smeared by the January 6th committee Democrats. Uh, listen to this. So why won't you go know. testify, they say? Uh, they haven't asked me to. They keep asking you guys to have me come. They keep releasing this stuff to the media, but they don't send me the letters. I mean, here, I was, this is a year and a half ago. They could have picked up the phone and called me. All of them have a house phone book, could call my five-digit extension. Many of them have my cell phone. Said, hey, we know that you uh, had a group in the Capitol office buildings, not in the Capitol. I would have talked to them about it. I would have shared information because there's nothing there. But they want to act, they, they want to do personal destruction. And that's what they're after. Trying well, they to want to make you somebody's. part of the ring, a ringleader in this whole Exactly. Thing. And what they're not showing is, what was the guy taking a picture of? There is a golden eagle on the wall right upside that stairwell that's holding two candles. That's why he's taking a picture of. People take pictures yeah. of that all the time. Barry Loudermilk, congressman from Georgia. It, it, it's very clear. Remember, they hired the former president of ABC News to orchestrate the hearings to make them uh, newsworthy, to provide a comprehensive narrative. One of the things Democrats have long believed is that members of Congress gave tours of the Capitol in the run-up to January 6th to help the insurgents, the so-called insurgents. For the longest time, they claimed it was Lauren Boebert, but she was investigated. Turns out she did no such thing. So now they've selectively edited footage of Barry Loudermilk, congressman from Georgia, and they're blaming him. And the Capitol Police themselves say he did no such thing. How long can these people continue to make this stuff up before they realize it's having no impact and they actually move on to the stuff voters care about? The answer is November. That's how long uh, when they realize what happens in November. Y'all, I know Barry Loudermilk. Barry Loudermilk is a good man. There's no way he was collaborating with people who wanted to storm the Capitol. There's absolutely no way. And the Capitol Police agree with me. The fact that the Capitol Police agree, and yet this committee has decided to drag this out against him because it's a concrete part of their narrative storytelling. And that's what you got to remember. This is about telling a story. It's not about telling the truth. It's about telling a story. And as you heard him say, they keep saying they want him to testify. They want him to testify. They've never asked him. They've run to the cameras and said, why won't he testify? What is he hire hiding? And yet they won't actually ask him because they know he's hiding nothing and they know he did nothing wrong, but they got to have a spectacle in which to scare you guys. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you wish to be on the program, I'm going to go take some phone calls now. I begin with Andrew calling. Welcome to the program, Andrew. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, first, I was not emotionally abused by your call screener. I'm a little disappointed about that, but that's okay. I'll, I'll get over it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I was wondering, how long do you think uh, the Democrat Party officials will allow the White House to continue this facade of everything's fine, it's not our fault? You know, how long do you, how much longer do you, how much more leash do you think they'll give the, the White House? 
<laughs> you know, okay, uh, good question. And I chuckled because I got an email, a uh, text message from a buddy of mine. He said, I sometimes fear your analysis of Democrats as a playbook for them to change their plans. Hopefully they stay in their bubble. I, this relates because I got an email the other day from a guy who says, you know, I'm stupid, but even though I'm stupid, I can tell you're trying to give the Democrats advice on how to win. Uh, the brilliance of, of the situation, Andrew, is that I can tell them exactly what needs to be done because I've run campaigns and I know that they are so entrenched in their bubble and in their thinking, there's no way they will do it. So I can show them that the car crash is coming and tell them that they can take a turn here and avoid the car crash. And they're gonna put pedal to the metal and go full speed ahead uh, to defy everything I say because I'm a Republican and they're not gonna change. That this is the thing Democrats need to understand is they're, they're, they're done. Listen, for the Democrats to change, they have to accept blame. And they're not going to accept blame. That That's, that's uh, I mean, number one, the most important thing Democrats could do to change the narrative and mitigate damage and maybe even win in November is to give up on January 6th and focus on other stuff. And they will not do that because they epistemically are convinced it matters more than everything else. And maybe in the grand scheme of things it does, but in the minds of voters, inflation and gas matter most. So they have to get out of their January 6th mindset. The next thing the Democrats would have to do is accept blame. They would have to say, look, we spent too much trying to get out of COVID. It overheated the economy. We now need to scale back and not spend so much, our bad. And also we need oil companies to produce as much oil as possible and we will move heaven and earth to not just allow them to do this, but reward them for doing it. And they won't do that. All of the things the Democrats need to do to avoid disaster in November are things they ideologically, fundamentally and philosophically are unwilling to bring themselves to do. The result is that I can sit here all day and give them all the advice they need uh, to undo what's coming, and they're not going to take my advice because they philosophically, they can't do it. This is Kevin O'Leary. Y'all know Kevin O'Leary from, what is it, Shark Tank or whatever? Uh, he's on CNBC. Listen to this. The pricing of oil is obscuring everything that you're talking about. How, how do you resolve the challenge we have right now in the price of oil? That's the, the economy, the market. They're not it's not going to be able to recover unless we see some relief and relief that we can believe is a long term solution for oil. Here's how you fix that problem. It was a policy mistake by Biden when he came in. You reverse the mistake. All you have to do is jawbone. The oil market's a futures market. Just announced you're going to license three new refineries on the East Coast. Also announced we're going to re-examine the, the, the XL pipeline. We're going to give back the leases in Anwar. We're going to give more carbon direction to understand what the costs are. All of those policy mistakes could be reversed by just getting up and jawboning it. You could take oil down below 100 bucks if you got more accommodative towards the future production. Yeah. Now, Biden may not do that. That's on him, and he'll pay could, dearly I was for that say, in the I have a bridge. I you see that? I was about to say, I got a bridge I want to sell you if you believe they're going to do it. They're not going to do it. And because they're not going to do it, they're toast in November. They're toast in November. 
By the way, the Wall Street Journal today, I'm going to get back to phone calls here in just a second, 877-973-7425. I see like three or four people called in and couldn't make it past the call screener. So, ha, um, if you make it past my call screener, you almost need a metal, you almost get a medal. But in any event, um, so the Wall Street Journal has an article today that points out a number of the other things the Biden administration did to hinder oil production in this country, including uh, adding additional regulations to refineries that were about to expand production. And the new regulations the EPA imposed on behalf of the Biden administration last year made it so cost prohibitive they gave up the plans to expand the refineries. These are new regulations, not old regulations, brand new regulations the uh, Biden administration put in place. We had somebody call yesterday talking about biodiesel, and one of the regulations the Biden administration put in place forced several diesel uh, production facilities to train into chain into change into biodiesel facilities, taking essentially plants and organic matter and converting that to diesel. It takes two to three times as long and costs two to three times as much. And the um, fuel uh, efficiency is less than regular diesel. And that's one of the other problems they're having. This is all thing the Biden administration did. Now back to the phones. David, you're up next. Welcome to the program, David. Well, David's on delay there. I got to put David on hold here. Let's see if we can figure out. David is listening, I guess, on stream or some such. Um, all right, David, I'm going to come back to you now. Let's see if I can come back hey, to how you. You, doing? you there? Hey, how are you? Hey, Eric. I'm all right, buddy. How you doing? Good. Hey, I just had a quick question. Stacey Abrams is starting to put out a smear campaign against Brian Kemp, saying that the um, that Brian Kemp has made it easier for criminals to get guns because he signed a non non uh, the what do you call it the constitutional carry right, and which could be no more further than from the truth from the truth because you still have to have a background check in order to buy a gun. Am I correct? Right. And and at the same time, unless you're doing something stupid, and you be even before this law was signed, unless you were giving them a reason to, nobody was ever just stopping somebody on the street and say, "Hey, can I see your gun carrying permit?" You know, it's how right. you act with the gun that makes that makes it, you know, makes it stu- stupidity. You can if people that don't have common sense shouldn't have guns. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, um, this is the thing that I think a lot of Democrats who don't own guns miss. And this is one of the problems the Democrats are having here is uh, they don't understand gun culture. And most Americans do. And this is an issue they think can win for them. So if you don't live in Georgia, you don't know this, but Georgia is now the 26th state. Did you I didn't even realize there were 25 states. Now more than half the country has a a constitutional carry law. Other people would call it a permitless carry. And in Georgia, Stacey Abrams is using this as a a issue in which to attack Brian Kemp, who signed it into law. If you're not into gun culture, if you don't appreciate guns, if you don't know anything about guns, and you hear that you don't need a permit to carry a gun now, you think someone can just go into the local gun store, get a gun, and start carrying it around. Actually, 
to buy a gun, you have to go through a background check. There are a few exceptions. Very few guns in this country are bought under those exceptions. Overwhelmingly, guns are bought from a federal firearms licensee. They're bought from someone who um, who sells guns. Even in the gun show, you know, the gun show loophole, most of the people who sell guns at the gun show, you go through the background check. You have to fill out a form. And in that form, they then have to process it through the ATF. Now, it's a rapid background check. It doesn't take a long time to get approval. You sometimes wait maybe 30 minutes. They run it through a computer based on your social security number. Make sure there are no flags that go off. If there are, you have an opportunity to, to cure it. Most people, though, the, who are buying guns, they don't have those flags and they buy the gun. But you go through a background check. And so in 26 of the 50 states now, where a majority of the American population now lives in states with permitless or constitutional carry. And the, the laws there are pretty straightforward that because you've gone through the background check, there's no reason to go through a second background check to let you carry your gun in public. And prior to that, in Georgia, you had to go get what was called a concealed carry permit where you had to be fingerprinted. And then you went through the exact same freaking process you just went through to buy the gun. So you go buy your gun in the morning and in the afternoon, you go to your uh, probation or uh, probation parole or <laughs> probate is the word I'm looking for. Go to probate court. You fill out the same form all over again. This time you get your fingerprints taken and uh, presto, you get your concealed carry permit. All this does is cut out the fingerprints and, and the second time filling out the same form are mostly the same form, I should say. So you're still, you still got the background check. Well, if you're Stacey Abrams and you've never bought a gun, you run an attack ad against Brian Kemp saying, oh, Brian Kemp's made it easier for criminals to get guns and carry guns. No, actually, you still have to go through the process of having the background check to get the gun. You still do. Uh, it, it, it's, it's crazy that they do this because uh, Democrats particularly the Democrats who plan out the attack ads. They're anti-gun already. They've never bought a gun. They don't understand the process. They're ignorant of the process. They don't understand that a majority of Americans in this country have now gone through the process, and so the ad doesn't have any impact. But yet in their circle of friends, it has a great impact, and so they hear about it. Oh, thank you so much, Stacey, for running the ad against Brian Kemp doing the constitutional permitless carry. We're all going to die because of it. Actually, no, 26 states have this law now. Georgia's the 26, so 25 states had the law before Georgia even did it. And it's there are no correlation to an uptick in crime and gun violence in those states. But the Democrats, they just believe it's because they're scared of guns. Guns are so scary. Guns are so bad. People shouldn't be buying guns. So thank you, Stacey Abrams, for, for doing this ad and highlighting what happened with Brian Kemp and what he did. Most Georgians are like, well, dang, thanks. I, some people didn't even know they needed a, a, a per carry permit to carry their gun since they legally bought the gun with a background check. Now they're not criminals. And to the point of the caller, you know, I know a lot of people who were carrying a gun on them and might not have had a concealed carry permit. And they weren't getting pulled over and they weren't engaged in crimes. They were doing it to protect themselves. And now suddenly their actions are legal. And I think that's a good thing. I think constitutional permitless carry is a very good thing. You already went through the background check. You got a constitutional right to keep and bear arms. You should be allowed to keep and bear arms. 
Um, and the Democrats who are running on this issue, it's to scare a segment of white women who are scared to death of guns who are already voting Democrat. This issue does not persuade independent voters. According to all the polling, according to all the data, you know what independent voters are going to be persuaded by? Not being a Democrat screwing up the economy. Speaking of companies out there that support the Second Amendment, one of them is Patriot Mobile. They give a lot of their profits to support the Second Amendment and the pro-life cause, and they do it by having you become a customer. And you're not getting inferior service with Patriot Mobile. You're actually getting quality service on the same towers everybody else uses for the other big cell phone companies. They're called an MVNO, Mobile Virtual Network Operator. That's a fancy way of saying Congress allows other cell phone companies to use Use the cell towers that the big monopolist utilities put up. And so you get better customer service, you get better service, you get uh, better access, uh, and you get to work with a company that shares your values as opposed to going with one of the monopoly companies. And Patriot Mobile is Christian and conservative by design. They give a portion of their profits to the conservative movement by design, and they give you great discounts for coming over and doing business with them. You can even bring your existing phone number over to them. You should give them a try. You get free activation with my name. You go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation. Talk to them about their great discounts. If you have any hesitation at all, go to patriotmobile.com and click on their coverage map. You can see how good their 5G data voice coverage is. patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or call them 100% U.S.-based customer service, 972-PATRIOT. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are in the United States of America, if you're in charge of the finances for a business, they can help your business grow. But I'm talking big deals here, $750,000 or more. They, they, you know, they used to do smaller stuff, but uh, they've gotten to be very, very select because they're very good at what they do. And so they want to help businesses really grow with um Big financing. So go to firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you. See if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. Just understand we're talking about the minimum here, uh, seven fifty thousand, not seven hundred fifty dollars, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Firstlibertyga.com. All right, I want to go to Peggy. You're going to be up next. Welcome to the program, Peggy. Hey, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, I have a message for Stacey Abrams and all the women of Georgia. I had my apartment broken into a number of years ago. A guy came through my window in my bedroom, and I realized then that the only way for women to protect themselves is with a gun. Because anything else you use, you have to be in arm's length of them, and they'll overpower you. So the next day, I got a gun. Good for you. Um, You know, I hear the story similar stories, Peggy, so often from female friends of mine, my wife and I, a couple of years ago, I hadn't talked about this in a while. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a pro gun. I mean, I'm pro second amendment. I just, I don't like them. Don't like them in my house, or at least I used not to. And in 2016, well, I should back up, um, before then in 2015, 2014, 2015, we had, um, progressive activists, pull into our driveway one day uh, to harass us for things I had said on the radio and had written at Red State. And then in 2016, 
we had uh, people show up to threaten us. On our front porch, three guys showed up at our house. And uh, my kids were being harassed in school. They were being harassed in public for um, positions I had taken. Uh, even now, you come hang out with me on a Sunday night on our front porch, you'll be stunned by the number of people who drive past our house because it's our house. So we live on a cul-de-sac, and they come real slow just to see if I'm there. And most people are harmless. But there have been times I've been accosted in public as well. I have, uh, notoriously, people think I make this up. It's, it's true. More than once been yelled at while peeing in a public bathroom, uh, particularly in the airport. And one, one reason I like priority jets, um, p- people say, oh, you, you're so pretentious. I, I, I've only flown private a few times in my life. It, I, I don't have the money to do it. Uh, but when I can, I do because I, I have been harassed more than once at the airport. And in, in 2016, we were getting so much harassment and people literally showed up at the house. We had to have armed guards at our house for a while. And my wife are like, you know what? It's time we learn how to use guns. And we we took classes. We trained. Uh, we got our concealed carry permits, and we started buying guns. We got a lot of guns. Uh, we've got rifles from Daniel Defense. We've got shotguns from uh, multiple, from Beretta, from Remington. We've got a lot of Glocks in our house. I've got an HK. I've got a CZ. Uh, we got a lot of Glocks. We've got a SIG. Um, we have lots of guns and ammo. Uh, we know how to use them, and we trained ourselves. We, we went through all the training courses we could. I still like to go to courses. We like to go to the gun range now as a family. We have the kids learning how to use guns. Uh, it's a necessary thing because I can tell you what happens when someone shows up on your doorstep to threaten your family and you call 911, those three people can be through your door before 911 even dispatches the police to your house. So you got to protect yourself. It's common sense. Learn how to use a gun, be safe and responsible around them and get 10 to 20,000 of them.